family how is everybody doing today great day we went down to moorhead today to go uh, deliver on nathan's truck to get it all fixed up again because they couldn't do it right the first time and man we got a lot of snow on the way back was not expecting that but we got a good bit we got um 
about an inch right now. I'm going to have another inch by the time we get done with the show. So uh, it's awesome. So I'm going to go out after the show. I'm going to ball it up into a little ball, and I'm going to burn it and see if I get drips or if I get, like, that black char that Jay Wu had on his snow. Speaking of Jay Wu, we got him on with us tonight. This is the Christian, episode 545, Old Testament Prophets. We're going to have a great conversation tonight with Jay Wu, in case I didn't mention it already. Let's get to it. We are many nations around the world, comprised of many cultures, but we stand together in a battle between good and evil. We are the seekers of wisdom, the bringers of truth, the hands of heaven, and the voices of reason. As the world tries to divide us by our differences, we only grow stronger as we are bound together as the children of God. All right, for those of you that did not get a chance to say hello to in the opening, God bless you. Thank you for joining us. And DJ Shaw, yeah, um, Jay was just telling me about your, your snow burning story. So apparently it's all over the place. And I think this is the same system that he had the other day. So we'll be seeing that here. And uh, oh, is there no sound? Give me a five five if you guys can hear me because my own eyes and ears says that there is no sound. I got a five five. So it's on your end. And since you can't have sound, you didn't hear me just say that. So uh, I got a five five, though. We'll go ahead and bring in my brother, Jay Wu. How are you doing today, man? Always a pleasure to have you on, and uh, you're, you're always here for me, man. <laughs> I'm I'm doing good. I uh, it's funny now that you moved it up an hour. I I got a rush to 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 make your show, but it's cool. It's it's kind of nice get a little extra time in the evening. But good to be with you. I, you know, I always love hanging out with you. Oh, me too. I'm trying man. to I'm trying to figure out how to get. Uh, pod being up on my other phone so i can actually read chat but i don't remember my password well i'll tell you i'll tell you what i see i see truth patriots saying they just burnt snow there so it's it's all over the place um man i've it's just been a crazy day i um so there's two packages out everything is out i'm everyone's telling me now that they're getting their stuff there's still people that are still waiting for that i know that steve cusick and your stuff now it's going to say my thing is going to be here on monday um, but everything is out. There's two packages that ended up getting completely destroyed where they didn't have the names. But I did get one. So Mama Griff, saw you were in here. Reach out to me. Um, your stuff is now on the way again because I had to reorder everything because they were destroyed. They were destroyed. That and another package that was so destroyed that I don't even have a name on it. So uh, yeah. So g- let me know by next week if you don't have your stuff so I can figure out what package got so destroyed that I don't even have a name on it. Um, this has been a pain in my butt, man. Try, try to keep track because we had 50, um, 50 boxes total. And uh, I learned a valuable lesson there, Jay Wu. You want to hear what my valuable lesson is? Yes. Your state is expensive. <laughs> it's so expensive. Oh, really? Yeah, mailing anything like I'm literally like package $5.45, $5.45, eight bucks. You send the same size package over to your state and it jumps up like two times the cost. Because of the state. Well, I, I know when I sent you some stuff, it was, yeah, it was like 20, 30 bucks. Oh, dude, it's crazy because I had I had three that went out um, your direction. And I'm just looking mm. at, the, even even the uh, even the guy at the post office was like, dude, this is ridiculous. I'm like, yeah, I know. And, and like I said, of all the different states, man, yours just jumps up like crazy. Shipping, it, yeah. Lo- yeah, the loan bump, shipping is bad. It's it's bad in general, but it's even worse when you get like these really small post offices. This thing was built in like 1940, and like one person works in the office. So I mean, who knows, man? And imagine it takes it all. But I will say this: I will give them this. They're nice. So, and I think Lone Bum will will agree with me on this one. Regardless that they are extremely slow about getting packages out there, 
they are nice. They're not like the typical post office employees that like to scream at you when you walk up there. <laughs> well, sounds like someone went postal on your packages. Yeah, exactly. Chris says, uh, I need to go USPS flat rate boxes. And we were doing that, um, but they were they were more expensive for the flat rate in this particular case than you know the sizes that the majority of them were being sent. Um, but I'm checking in one of those services that you pay a little bit yearly, and then they give you a deal. Um, you know when you mail out enough packages, because I am going to be getting like hardcore back into the leather, so I'll be sending out a lot of stuff at that point. Dude, I need to learn some leather work from you at some point. Well, um, you are welcome to move down here anytime you want to, and uh, I would like to do that. You know, I got a room here, right? I do, dude. And if, you know, I wasn't blindsided by the potential rekindling of a, my marriage, I'd, I'd be working very hard towards getting down there. Now I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Uh, well, you know, the door, it, it's open, man. And, and like I said, I, you know, you, you say the word, be like, look, man, um, I can't afford it. I need to have enough money for a place. And I'll be like, I will move KC Studios into my bedroom and you can have KC Studios as your own bedroom while you save up enough. So the door's open, brother. Right. We're, we're here for you. Well, I've been, I've been trying to talk the the wife into, you know, it's like, look, I was on a mission and I'm, I'm you know, this is kind of what I want to do. And I'm feeling called to do it. And property's really cheap. We sold the house. We would be able to buy a nice piece of property with the house and have money left over to, you know, do a lot of stuff. Well, like I said, that's the great thing about um, Mimo says, do it now. And I agree. And <laughs> Chris in Michigan, I did set myself up <laughs> um, now. But like I said, that's the great thing about this you know, area is, you know, besides like the really kind folk that live here, folk, that's what you call nice people, folk. And uh, <laughs> at least here. But um, that's one thing I love about it is the, you know, it's relatively inexpensive uh, as far as like purchasing and stuff like that. I mean, you can, you know. What you pay for this little tiny place with no property in Texas, you're getting like loads of property and twice the real estate in your house right here. So, right. Well, you know, we got our place for 185,000, which is great. You know, I'm on about a third of an acre in a really beautiful area. Um, and the house recently appraised, you know, if you go on Zillow or whatever, and I don't know how accurate those, those are, but they, you know, price places out in the local area. It was like four fifty five hundred. It's like wow. Yeah, that's that's a nice chunk of change. If I sold it, you know, I could do pretty well. No, no, absolutely. Yeah, owning your own property, you know, that's the biggest bite out of my budget is you know the the damn mortgage. Yeah, exactly, and that's the one thing too. You know, uh, um, the loan bum says you know interest rates are hurting selling homes right now, and that's the bonus that if you you know sell and you come in with cash. They'll take your offer. You there's no there's no negotiating right now because the interest rates are so bad. Like the house that's sitting right next to me, it's literally been pending since before or since a month before Bard's Fest, and it's still sitting over there pending. Huh. You know, so it's it's basically like I said, cash um cash speaks. Like even here, when I offered my cash, um I I low bother, but you know I, I'm a believer that you know when you're negotiating, you start way low so that you can work up to where you want to get to so i right. lowballed her and she was like you're a christian i'll take the deal like didn't even question it like literally took my first offer because wow. she didn't have to because it was cash because she didn't have to deal with the banks and uh like i said i guess her parents were christian um pastors so huh. when our real estate agent said they're praying over this 
um, her first thing was like, oh, they're Christians. I'll, I'll take the offer. Oh, wow. So God, nice. God at work, man. Yeah, for sure. That's where you're supposed to be. And plus you're right there next to Matt and you're not far from John. I'm, I'm, I'm close to truth Patriot. I, I mean, I've Bob's right down the road. Um, Douglas, you know, relatively compared to where I live, isn't too far. Like it's, you know, it's not bad. So, I mean, and like I said, is the area is lovely. The only downfall is, you know, it's a little inconvenient. Everything you need, need is right here in town. Other than that, you right. drive 30 minutes out to find what you need or an hour and a half for a Coles or something, but I don't really care about that stuff. Um, right. You know, even yeah, Chris in well, Michigan, I, I'm like technically about five hours away from, from Chris in Michigan. You know what I'm saying? That's a great thing. Tech or uh, Kentucky is located like right in the middle of everything. Right. Well, then you're not far from DJ Shaw either then. Because she's over there in Michigan. She's about five, ten minutes from Chris. Oh, wow. Okay, nice. Yeah, they say that's great. Sorry, sorry Deej, I didn't mean to, you know, throw you under the bus. I know. Fortunately, fortunately, it's a big state, so good luck. <laughs> good luck. Good luck locating it. <laughs> um, but, and then you have Yoder's, too, down the street. Yeah, and then Yoder's is right down the road, and then the Mennonites all over the place. This place is awesome. Um, and then, like I said, you know, you go one way, you've got Maysville, which has your Lowe's and, you know, your typical basic stores, you know. So if you need something a little bit more than what you can't find here in Flemingsburg, and then you go the other way, which is Moorhead, um, is a little college community. So it's a little bit bigger than Mayville, roughly equal the distance from where I am to either one of them. So we were out in Moorhead today um, and ate at a Cracker Barrel. I haven't been to a Cracker Barrel in a long time. Uh, Nathan brought me and my mom out to dinner. And, uh, oh, nice. man, we had this, uh, it was a maple cured chicken with like this spicy aioli on top of it. Um, oh my gosh, it was so good. It's not what I expected <laughs> to get at a Cracker Barrel, to be honest with you. And not even that, but the presentation came out like, like five star, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it was just gorgeous. I'm like, wow, man, Cracker Barrel, huh? Nice. <laughs> we have a, we had a Cracker Barrel just up the street from where I'm at right now. Um, and, uh, it went under, but. It was not good. I mean, I wasn't impressed with it. No, we had breakfast there a few times, but see, Shumaine, she's got great a... taste. Shumaine loves Cracker Barrel too. I love Shumaine. Great to see you. Um, yeah, I'm telling you right now, the Cracker Barrel's awesome. But I'll tell you right now, Shumaine, the best part about that was the sweet tea. Haven't had that good old sweet tea in a long time. It was so good. And fried okra. That's another thing that I really love that I don't get to eat too often. I do enjoy some okra. I like it pickled too. That pickled okra is just yeah. Pickled okra is awesome. Yeah, I miss I miss the Texas tea. That was because we used to go to this little chicken restaurant right down the road, and uh, they had like the big things of like good old Southern Texas sweet tea, the good stuff, um, for like a buck. So my mom and I would go every couple of days and grab one of those because my mom loves sweet tea, man. I try to keep her happy and smiling. And and hey, when it's something as simple as sweet tea, you're doing all right because that's that's affordable word um i gotta meet mama mcgregor sometime oh well i'll tell you what man if i haven't mentioned it yet i have a room here then i'll happily move casey studios <laughs> into my bedroom you can come over here and and have dinner with mama mcgregor every single night because I, I i cook uh i cook almost every night here well i'm not i'm not bad in the kitchen myself so see awesome you know, awesome we could uh you know you don't have to cook all the time I've been I've been somewhat lazy this week. I mean, not lazy. I've been busy doing other stuff, so I haven't gotten around to the cooking. So I mean, we had like corn dogs. Like I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna make Nathan fat. Like that's it's nearly impossible. I joke because the guy works harder than anybody I've ever met in my life. He was out there 
he was out there ripping trees barehanded today. Just putting his arms around and ripping them down. No, I'm just kidding. But that's pretty much what he does, man. He's a pretty hard worker. I'll give him that. <laughs> I know. Um, and, and the lone bum, you got to come over and visit this weekend. I got a couple of uh, T-shirts so and a hat. So if you get a chance to come over this weekend, I'll be here all weekend doing some stuff around the house. So let's get into a little bit of news because I know you love the news. Um, and I don't have much. And then we're going to get into a great topic tonight, which is going to be um, the old school prophets of the Old Testament. And, uh, and I've got like a list. It's kind of an introduction to them. And the reason I kind of got into this one particularly is uh, Jeff and I have been discussing this um, occasionally. And I'd love to hear your theory on this, too, just about prophets in general. Um, you know, when it comes to the modern day prophets, I'm very cautious. Will I listen to them? Absolutely. I enjoy, you know, hearing that kind of stuff, but I don't ever put my eggs in that basket because, um, you know, in order to be a prophet specifically, you can't ever be wrong. Like if you're wrong once, then you're not like God's chosen prophet. Um, <laughs> so, you know, back in the day, there was loads of prophets, but those prophets have already prophesied what we're dealing with today. So what Jeff says is, is he always asks the same question is, um, is there a need for prophets today? And, you know, and he's got a good point now. God did say um, in scripture that, you know, there would come a time where we would prophesy um, or prophecy, prophesy, um, you know, as your average individual. That doesn't mean that we're prophets. That means that God's speaking to us and giving us a vision, um, you know, and I completely believe in that 100 um, percent. But as far yeah. as like pure on prophets, you know, I, I kind of fall into that line with Jeff. You know, do we need them today? You know, because like I said, is what the prophecies have already been prophesied. So we, we know what's coming. Um, right. And, and right now, especially probably a little bit more difficult today with everything that's happening in the world is that there's people that are coming out specifically to deceive the people claiming to be prophets. So, you know, once again, we pray for wisdom, we pray for discernment all the time. And these are other reasons why, you know, they're it, it, very important. And I'm not saying that they're that they don't exist. You know, what I'm saying, like I said, this is one of those fun conversations that, that I do enjoy having. Um, but I do love reading about the old prophets um, in Testament, so or the Old Testament. So we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but just a couple of things on the news today. So the Fanny Willis thing is just funny, funny. I keep calling her Fanny. She looks more like a Fanny to me than a Fanny. But uh, she, man, oh my gosh, that woman's unsufferable. So she gets up there yesterday, and she, like, if you didn't like her before, you walked away from this despising her absolutely despising her she came across as immature self-righteous like literally she just like kamala like and, and pelosi she came across like all of them like you just wanted to just kick her in the face when it was all done um so it was so bad that when they went back in the court today they wouldn't let her get up on the seat again she was supposed to have another full day of testimony she didn't do it she was like i'm not on trial here trump's on trial i'm like no you're literally on trial. That's why you're on the one up on the bench right now discussing all this stuff. This is this is all about you. Um, so she came across terrible, and then her dad went up there and spoke for her. Um, dude, think about this for a second. <laughs> Imagine, you know, you get in trouble and you go to court and your dad comes up and does, like, testimony, you know, like, it's character witness. I mean, how fair is that? It's your dad. Um, they're always going to say good things about you. Um, but once again, it's a circus. He came across like all black people hide money. And then I was watching the black uh, TV host come out going, I live in Atlanta. I'm black. I never hide money. You know, so she's up there trying to say that everyone's lying about her, literally holding like hundreds and hundreds of pieces of paper of all the um, points that people have made against her. And she's trying to convince the world that 
we're all lying and she's telling the truth. So will anything, <laughs> I hope that she's held accountable for this. But once again, now Trump goes in the court today back in New York. And I guess now if, if I read it correctly, they're not going to allow him to perform business there any longer. And they're charging like $344 million or some crazy amount of money like this. This, this is getting out of hand. This is getting absolutely ridiculous. And all this is, is, is interference in our election. Like, and we're seeing examples of this every day. We are 100% under attack right now. So, so now the story has changed about the shooting that took place at the uh, Super Bowl rally that they had um, over in Missouri. And at first they were like, um, it was all like, and I quote, dark-skinned white supremacist. That's the funniest thing I've ever seen. I literally had to sit back and laugh and then read it again just so I could laugh at it again. White or dark-skinned white supremacist. That was like the biggest gaslighting I've ever heard ever. <laughs> so they're, they're really going for it. Turns out that they weren't white, for one thing. Many of them came from other countries. Surprise, surprise. One of them was connected to a bombing that took place in Texas. Not a big surprise. And now they're trying to say that the whole shooting was a dispute, a personal dispute. This is what happened. Their narrative got out, got away from them. People, the anons dug into them. Like, what world do they think they're living in? And we, we are on top of it. doesn't take us but 10 minutes to start finding this stuff. So now they're trying to switch the story and say this is all about a personal dispute because they know that people are waking up and they realize that we're under attack right now. Five shootings in the last couple of days. Uh, airport, it was a bomber. Something blew up in an airport. Um, I mean, just literally another oil refinery. Like all this stuff is going around right now. We know we're under attack. It's the foreigners that are coming into this nation right now. We talked last night, I don't know if you were here, about the Chinese that they um, they had down at the border coming into California. And they were all standing at parade, literally in at ease position. All of them naturally went into military rest. Which tells you that they're all military now in our country. <laughs> Which we knew already. Exactly. And, and you know, the True Patriot says FS galore. False flag. We're, we're in the midst of one. It's coming. There's going to be something big. I can promise you in the next couple of weeks it's coming. And I know this because look at everything. So Putin does the um, interview with Tucker. And then all of a sudden, like within days of that, they're going back and blaming Putin for this, that, that. Some dude died today that was a, an enemy of Putin's, and now they're blaming him on that. So they're going out of their way again to try to convince you that this is Russia, Putin, 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 because they're trying to get that bill passed to send yeah. more money over to Ukraine, Taiwan, and Israel. Our uh, Congress isn't doing it right now. So what they're going to do is they're going to lay it on. They're going to start getting everything that happens is going to be Putin's fault. And there's going to be some kind of a false flag, either a bombing here, a plane goes down, a cyber, a security attack on our on our infrastructure, cyber infrastructure, something like that's going to happen, so that they can blame Putin in order to get the rest of the people on board to sign this bill. And it's not even them. The reason they're not signing it is because they know the people are are completely done with it. They're like, forget this. This is our money. Our money doesn't need to be going over there. So our Congress are sitting in a position right now where their their hand has been forced not to sign this. So when they start pushing this extra Putin, 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 Putin stuff out in the, the media, that's going to give them the excuse they need to sign it without the people getting upset about it. Mm. Well, it's for most people. Yeah, I'm, you know, I bet there's some uh, Trump, Trump and Putin collusion going on too. Yes. <laughs> yes it's ridiculous and they're they're 
oh, their stuff is so thin now, though. Like you said, you know, they can they could figure it out in ten minutes. Like they and dark skinned white supremacists. I mean, they they really are. They're grabbing at the bottom of the bag at this point. Dude, that was. I literally said that. I I, I said, Mom, you want to see what the bottom of the bag looks like? And I showed her that article headline. She goes, dark skin, white supremacist. I'm like, yeah, this is where they're going right now. Um, Anybody that commits a crime is white. I don't care how black you are. You're still white. You know, I mean, this is this is where we're moving into right now. White people can do nothing right. Um, Everyone else can do nothing wrong. Amen. What happened to that privilege? Did you ever get that card when you were born as a white male? And and I know, guys, I'm sorry, I spoiled it. Jay Wu is white. Um, when you were born a, a little a little I'm white boy, <laughs> you're not Asian. When, when you were born, uh, yeah, exactly. The Jay Wu may have thrown that off. <laughs> um, so everyone thinks I'm Asian when I meet them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I thought that the moment I met you, I was like, hmm. Are you work for the CCP? <laughs> I don't think there was an Asian in the woodshed anywhere in my family tree. Mimo said you'll always be Asian. You'll always be Asian to Mimo. So, <laughs> Domo Arigato. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Domo Arigato. <laughs> but, so when you were born a little white boy, um, and I'm sorry, man, I spoiled it to you too. You thought you were Asian, but you're not. Um, did you get a privilege card? Because I didn't. You know I didn't. Um, I'm still waiting for it to come in the mail. Maybe they got my address wrong or something. I've just been a poor, broke-ass working man. Oh, yeah. And, Shemaine, I, I, I have to agree. Shemaine, you do have rhythm. I will I will accept you as you identify as a black woman because you, you definitely have rhythm. She does the, the, the Zumba classes. I think it's Zumba. If I remember correctly, man, it's just, it's amazing. Um, I would have loved to have joined her for one of those things, but I would have lost a friendship when she realized how terrible I am and have zero rhythm. I would have lost all respect. You'd have been like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta draw that line and say, I can't, you don't, you don't want to experience that. No, I start off with it. That's the key. If you go in there and you tell everybody <laughs> to begin with, and there's no surprises, be like, I warned you. And the sad part is, is my great, great aunt, Isadora Duncan is like one of the greatest dancers in history. And that skipped me. That gene jumped right over me, but it did. It it landed on my niece, man. Who's a pretty good dancer. So at least somebody has some rhythm in our family. I didn't, well, you know, maybe you're you're trying to do the wrong kind of dancing. Yeah, exactly. Now I could surf Mary all in. I was a good surfer. Fortunately, that doesn't take too much rhythm. It takes balance. And I do have that. And I got good reflexes too. <laughs> what's, what's, the, what's the river dance? Maybe you should try that. Um, yeah. Get I, more I, Celtic with it. No, I, I look pretty bad doing that too, man. I try at my house when nobody's looking. Same thing when I try to sing. I always make sure that no one's in the house, and then I'm like, all right, I'm gonna give it a shot. Maybe God gave me a voice again, and he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's why when I make songs and I because I do write, I write a lot of music. Um, I make a lot of songs. And then I pass it on to Blue Eyes, <laughs> and then Blue Eyes ends up actually singing and making the song for me. So I appear like I've got some bit of a talent, but it's really just well, it's just making. It certainly isn't the producing and the singing part. So well, anyways, next, uh, the federal surveillance machine is trampling the Bill of Rights. Wake up, America. We are threatened from within. Recognize the enemy and fight for your freedom. 
fight legally, peacefully from within the parameters of our Constitution, but by God, fight. And uh, this is Representative Clay Higgins today. And this is now um, another, this is multiple, just this week. One of them, um, I can't remember what committee he was on, but he's not going to be um, running again. And the reason he's not that he's leaving the government isn't because he's bad or being chased out. He's leaving the government because when he got out of the government, he realized that you didn't go to Washington to fight for justice. He ended up in Washington fighting Washington. And that's what he realized. And a lot of our uh, senators and congressmen have come out this week literally saying the same thing, that our battle isn't without. Our battle is straight up within. And I think well, most of them knew that, but... Shouldn't they stay put, though? I mean, seems like they can do better from the inside than they can from the outside. Yeah, that see, that was my first thought. Um, but look, let's let's face it. If... If you know what's going on, you don't feel like you're the right person for that job. Um, may it's the best thing that you can do is take off and let somebody fill it that is up for that job. Um, mm. You know, so I mean, I, I can kind of see it from both ways because I would have been the same thing. It's like, okay, then I'm definitely determined to stay right here, and I'm going to fight the system from within. That's what I would have done. Mm. But like I said, at the same time, if you don't have the iron to take care of this problem leave and let somebody with some guts i'm just going to go with guts I almost went the other direction but guts come in and take that job you know what i'm saying it's like it's like trump and i said this before you know um if i i would go in and be the most honest president in the entire world but i would man weep every night i went behind that desk in the oval office going is it almost over yet like trump handled this in a way that um and i'm a tough person you know what i'm saying it's hard to get on my nerves it's hard to bug me you know but trump handled it better than anybody I think in this entire world could have handled. Like, I don't, I can't see anyone going in and taking the arrows that he took the way that he took mm. it, get out of office and then go, I'm going to go in again. I, I just end up getting pilloried. Yeah. I just did up dead. It's probably what would happen to me. I know I that. don't have enough. I don't have enough constituents to keep me alive or yeah. money. Yeah. Well, you, you do have um, the you've got the greatest creator ever watching your back. If that's, that's what it came true. down to. That's so, true. If he wants to keep me around, I guess he could do it. Yeah, exactly. So, like I said, I mean, I, I'm good for him and I'm glad that he's got this. And I hope that, that Trump gets in there as successful and, and he's not part of this big plan. But like I said, um, at this point, I trust in Christ. Um, I'm going to be cautious every bit of the way and enjoy the good things, but be ready for any possible bad things. Because, like I said, at this point, they haven't fixed the election system yet. Um, right. And I don't see it being any different when Trump goes in than the last time when Congress and Senate were after him nonstop. That hasn't well, changed. You know, the thing that comes up for me a lot lately is um according to the constitution and in particular the declaration of independence we don't have to wait for an election um and i keep going back to uh those people in michigan that just locked the doors and said you're done you don't have a job anymore no nah, you no. know we, we i mean we need the people to do it but um you know they're clearly not representing and they're clearly not not doing anything for this country except destroying it. So I think we're at that point 
you know, and I don't, I don't think it requires a shot to be fired, show up in strength and say, you're all done. You have, you, you have totally breached your contracts. You are not representative of us. We're going to put someone in your place that, that, that does the job correctly. And I, I think, you know, and, and here again, it requires the numbers, but you just go and say, no more. We're locking the doors. Get the hell out. We don't have a job. There's been places that have done that. We need to. That's one thing that I, I really um, give because I, I love um, having chats with uh, Nathan Moonwolf here. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. He's very, very optimistic, you know, doing it because he's, he's a smart guy, man. Nathan's a smart dude. And he knows um, constitutional law. Um, real, I mean, he it's amazing what he knows when it comes to laws and stuff. Um, you know, so he's definitely worth having these conversations and listening to. You know, but the problem, the only issue that we're having is that all of these people are breaking their oath. They all took an oath. They're all breaking their oath. They're, they're not doing what they need to be doing. And by all means, we have the right to kick them out because they did not hold up to the bargain. You know what I'm saying? Just like taxation representation and so forth. Um, but nothing ever gets done. And that's the problem is that, you know, how do we do it in numbers? And it's going to be literally like you just said, like, like that one um, city did where they went in there, locked all the doors, kicked everybody out and got a new committee in there. Yeah. I mean, select, select who's going to, who's, who's, well, you know, and I don't know how that works, but it would be nice to have a, you know, someone to replace them all with that we, we pick from our communities, you know, if nothing else, just for the interim until we can vote the proper people into position. But, you know, these people got to go. And, they do. you know, I, ideally brought out front, tarred and feathered, and then run out on a rail. You know, let's, let's kick it old school and do it like they used to do. And, uh, you know, there's, <laughs> there's, there's some kinds of violence that, you know, really really said what we want and what we need and this is what you're going to get if you if you do the kind of stuff that these these assholes are doing excuse my language but my goodness i mean it's it's enough is enough close the borders and all you people got to go not exactly and then let's focus on, on america for a change for a know? change that'd be I, really nice yeah. Maybe. I mean, imagine, imagine how our infrastructure would be right now if we dumped all those billions of dollars into this country. Taking care of homelessness yeah. um, that we could yeah. do. Yeah. Veterans oh, would yeah. be, they, I mean, everyone would want to go to, you know, go to the military. One, we wouldn't be fighting foreign wars yes. for, you know, to rape countries of their, their material resources and, and you know their children and uh you know we'd have a kick-ass country doing really well because we have everything we need here and then do nice you know equitable deals with other countries and and help everybody you know like like a neighborhood you know you know your neighbors you take care of each other just on a larger scale seems like it'd be pretty simple if we could just get all these you know pedophiles and sociopaths and psychopaths out of our governmental system no, and our I judicial agree. system. I mean, it's a, it's a full purge, I mean, you know, that's where we're at, but well, it doesn't seem like it'd be that hard if we just stood up as people and said enough's enough. And no, I, totally. I don't think a shot needs to be fired. No. Um, flag for Jesus says that Todd calendar says that none of them have assigned a or notarized oath of office. And I had heard that as well. Um, yeah. but, but that makes it even more, that makes it even more illegal because you're supposed to take that oath when you walk in there. So like, I mean, it, it, it's 
like I said, I mean, either or, we've got so many reasons to get rid of these people to, you know, remove the government, replace our government. Um, the problem is that we're still a lot of sleeping people out there. And even though there's way more people that are awake than there ever has been before, the media would have you think differently. Right. Well, they got to go, too. I mean, we got to roll it all the way back to the, the beginning of the Constitution. And, you know, we don't need all this crap. I mean, if and here's what I've always thought about social programs. Like, you know, if you want to have abortion clinics, then you pay for them. You know, everything should be on a donation basis, because if they don't do what they say they're going to do, then people will stop donating and they'll just naturally collapse because they're not they're not filling the need that they're they're being funded for. Not exactly. You know, it seems, and, and we're not paying taxes to pay for something that I am morally against that I don't believe. A hundred percent. Um, uh, Charlie Kirk, there was this was probably a year ago. He had this, um, you know, little forum that he was speaking at. And he said something that was actually pretty, pretty dead on. It's hard to fathom this because, you know, the world that we live in. But he said this. He said, if you were to remove um, Social Security, a great example, if you were to remove Social Security, um, he said the, the world, the country would step up to help these people. Right now, mm -hmm. we don't have to because everything's free, been given out. But he, but he's right. And I feel that in my heart, too, um, that if things were to change that people would step up and start doing the right thing again. And the one thing, you know, I'm gonna go back if I can find it. Uh, Matt says, uh, goes back to the commandments, love God, um, and love thy neighbor as thyself. Look, if we were lived in a world, um, where we weren't trying to steal each other's resources and land, we'd have no problems. We could get along. Mm -hmm. We can make it easier for every country, but everyone wants more. And this is the problem. All these wars that we're dealing with are literally raping lands, like you said, of their resources, um, trying to take over their land and, and, and expand our territory. It's like a big, giant game of risk that we're working in and playing all the time. But mm. if we were, if, if the world if was just happy making their own country the best place that it could be, the world would be phenomenal. We'd have our own, like— a reverse new world order. They want to bring us all in to control us and we can have our own little world order of just absolute like unity working together, yep. not being forced into a slave system. Well, and I think, you know, you get enough people showing that example, like, well, Christians, for instance, like true Christians, like the people that we've found here who just, who love on each other and take care of each other and meet the needs. And, and well, the key is you put everyone else before yourself. Oh, yes. Who's going to want for anything when you when you live by that philosophy, you know, and God overall, um, you know, it, it's it's a no brainer. And, and I think if you have enough people step up with that kind of mindset, like I just envision, you know, <clears throat> three million people in D.C., saying no and no one's armed everyone's friendly loving caring and they just say no we're done here mm -hmm. you need to go yes and you know who's you know if you fire a shot you're firing a shot into innocent kind loving people and you know however the media spins that 
I don't know, but you're going to, uh, you know, and some of us may die as a result. But it's worth it, you know. I'm I'm not afraid to die nope. for what's right. Oh man, it's true. I've, I've said it before, and I, I sincerely mean this. I am willing, without question, to die serving our Father. No question, mm-hmm. zero. And uh, you know, Lone Bum says, you know, that time is coming um, where we may end up getting to that point. And I hope that we never do. Honestly, hope we never do. But I'm also very willing to do it. So. Um, <laughs> I, without hesitation. Um, yeah. Well, and you know, to be honest, I die for pretty much anyone in that chat right there. Yeah. You know, these are all beautiful people. I would, I would take a bullet for, um, and that's the thing though, you know, and, and, and I know there's a, the majority of those people would take a bullet for me. And, and that's, that's the beauty. Okay. No and, and when you come yeah. with that kind of strength, you got something, you know, and that, and, and I think we could overturn governments easily with just that kind of mentality. Yeah. You know, we don't really, I mean, I love my guns and I'll, I'll, I'll use them to d- defend the innocent. And, uh, but at the same time, I don't think that's what we need to, to take our government back. You know, it's just a show of, of, I don't even want to call it force a show of humanity saying that's enough. And here we are. What are you going to do about it? Totally. Get you, the hell out. You ever seen that Back meme? That the meme, they're playing like Monopoly or something. And there's a bunch of slaves that are holding up the board and the elite are playing Monopoly. And literally the mm. game would be over if those slaves simply just stood up. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a great metaphor for, you know, exactly what it is. Do we need guns? No, we just need the numbers. Show a force. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. cause that's the thing is that, and I wish I could go back and find this video again so I could repost it on, on a KC telegram, but it was, it was showing in dots, the difference between the people that run the world and the people that are being run by the world. And we are like, yeah. we outnumber them by billions. It, it's like, it, yeah. it's like a dot compared to billions of dots and the people, it's like the movie ants. If you just realized how many, how many ants there are. You would destroy the whole system. What are they going to do against all of you? Right. And, and, and getting over ourselves too, you know, we, we have this thing. I mean, there's, there's self-preservation and then there's thinking so much of ourselves that, that, uh, I don't know, we're like, we're somehow important in this world. And, and, you know, the only thing that's important is our relationship with God and serving him, you know, and I'm not saying that I'm, I'm at all good at it, but that's the goal, right? And that's, that's, we serve God first, then our family and then our country. And, you know, and family isn't just genetic. It's, it's those people there in chat. It's the people we talk with every day, the people that we love and care about that's family. And, and under God, you know, all my Christian brothers and sisters are my family. And that, that extends out to, you know, the rest of the world too. You know, we come first with love and respect and, you know, it's up to them from there, but you know, I don't got to, I don't have beef with anybody Mm -mm. except the people who (laughs) make life so damn hard. Yeah, exactly. And that's a tough one not to have beef with, you know, my, my big problem recently is, um, I've been, 
dreaming nonstop. I can't tell you a night that I've gotten a good night's rest because <clears throat> all of my dreams are just absolutely insane. Um, just the stuff that is probably going to be happening in our world at some point, but just non-restful nights. And I've, I've reached out and talked to a couple other people that are having similar, you know, with, I don't know if it's just because what we're seeing, hearing, or if it's just this weird energy in the air, um, or if we're just tapped into God and we're like getting a little insight as to what's coming, you know, and cause I pray every night, every single night that we're prepared for everything that's coming. You know, and then what a great way to prepare somebody than to give them like little dreams and visions. Um, I don't know, but, uh, but you know, a lone bum says, you know, that's why they wanted the population. And that's true because, you know, the more people that are removed from this earth, the less that are going to fight back. And I'm going to read this real quick. I love this. This is from oh, Jack Tarb. It says, when I was a kid, neighborhood teenagers shoveled driveways and walkways when it snowed for cash, mowed lawns, rake leaves for cash. I did the same thing. Somehow, this is now a career dominated by people that have moved in and have convinced the white kids that they are above working with their hands. They're drowned out in their computers, video games, TVs, and all that crap. Get busy, Remnant. Um, that's pretty much dead on. You know, when we were children, like, and it wasn't even this. Like, you know, yeah, I made some cash mowing lawns when I was a kid. But if I had an old lady that didn't have a lot of money that, couldn't get out and mow her own lawn i'd mow it for free that's what the kids right. were like back in the day you know saying it didn't even and it didn't take a mom or dad going hey go mow her lawn she can't do it herself kids were just better you know and and yeah. now then this whole white privilege thing and that's the worst part is that these kids these white kids the same white kids out there and the white i'm gonna say it i'm just gonna say it white people are the, white people are the worst the the white <laughs> the white racist are the worst. They're worse than like all of them because they're the ones that they, they feel bad for being white. They're like, Oh man, being white's a terrible thing. I was cursed being white. And they've literally, but the same people have convinced themselves that they've got a privilege. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's it, it, what a wacky world, man. But yeah, the white liberals Conley, exactly. They're, they're so hard to watch, man. I'm just like, how can you hate yourself so much? Like you were literally had no choice in the fact that you were born white. Well, what's worse is they, they, they play the victim. They, they, you know, they go to the, the, you know, black lives matter protests and, and, and talk shit to all the other white people who tell them they're idiots. And they're the most self-righteous, yes. self-centered egotistical it's, you know like they're they're the ones who feel that their life is so important and and it's just like oh just shut up and look in the mirror totally lone bum says virtue signalers and they all are yeah. and and it's the most i it's like it's the most tasty irony is the fact that they don't realize <coughs> while they're literally out there calling out everyone for being racist they don't realize that they are being the absolute most racist how do I mean, what do I mean by that? I don't ever judge anybody. If I'm hiring you, right. it's because you're a good worker. It's not because you're white or black. You, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I never look at color in any decision that I make whatsoever, but all these white people are out there saying, well, the black people have been held down because of the white people. I'm like, do you know how racist that is? So you're basically saying exactly that the white people are responsible for everything that they've done and that the black people can't aren't tough enough to stand up and take care of their own business, right. which they absolutely are. Like it, 
they don't or, realize that, that how racist they're being. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or how, you know, oh, they, they need help to go to college because, you know, they're so stupid that we got to, we got to, you know, pay their way and make it, you know, it's just, it's just ridiculous. I can't, I can't believe it. Yeah. They're all very careful. They're, they're people and they're very capable and, 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 you know, yeah. Judge a man by his works. What was it that uh, Martin Luther King said? Um, oh, judge not by the skin of someone's color, but by the con or the content of their character. Airman, there it is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, well, I would say that that's something that stuck with me a long time, but I couldn't remember the quotes. Yeah. Tara, um, Lynn, Tara Lynn says, can't get an ID to vote. This is what I'm, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like, you, yeah. Do you guys realize how racist you are? You you act like okay, because look, I'm just, let's let's face it. They say, well, it's just inconvenient for them to get IDs. I've never been to a DMV that wasn't in the middle of the city. You don't have like matter of fact, I don't have a DMV where I live. I've got to drive to the city to go to a DMV. So it's it's more convenient, I think, for urban areas to get their IDs than it is for the people that live out in the suburbs. Yep. You just got to wait and take your ticket and wait till your number's called. Yeah. You know, but it's, it is what it is. You know, it's the freaking DMV, which shouldn't even exist anyway. No, eh, exactly. We, we have discussion as well, you know, because constitutionally we're allowed to drive without a license unless you're like doing it professionally for work or something. But yeah, nah. I never drive for work. Well, I rarely ever drive for work. Oh, no, nah. exactly. Like if anything else, I'll drive their car. But I mean, but that for the most part, no. So glad yeah. to see Punky Pooster in here. I've missed Punky. I've been hey, Punky. I mean, I've been praying for like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You're well, always, good. you were always in the prayers, Punky. And so I'm blessed to see you. Um, Yeah. So that's pretty much enough of the news today, man, because it'll be here when we get back on Monday. And just a reminder, guys, <laughs> um, since we uh, had the had that meeting during Wednesday's show, uh, we will be doing a show Saturday and Sunday this weekend. So we will be on all weekend long. And uh, good chance that uh, Jeff will be with us as well. He was going to pop in with you and me this evening, but um, he went downhill like right before the show started. So oh, and he, he's having – guys, keep Jeff in your prayers. I know you always do. Um, there's so many people, Punky, just so many people that we just love dearly in here that are just going through all kinds of stuff. You know what I'm saying? And, and I, I blame it on the crap falling out of the skies um, mm -hmm. more than anything. But, um, man, poor Jeff, like – because you know how, like, founded he is in his faith. And it's not that yeah. he's, he doesn't – he's not questioning his faith, but he's definitely – his faith is being tested. Let's just put it that way. Um, Jeff, right. Jeff's always going to hang in there. He's always going to, you know, but, um, it, it, this has been like eight or nine months. Um, and he just goes up and then down and he gets real dizzy. And he says, you know, there's days that he, he literally can't sit up for more than five minutes, mm. you know? So it's so sad, but like I said, I mean, he's still strong in his faith. It's not like it's wavering, you know, but it's certainly a test. And I, I told him, I just, what I said to him the night, I'm like, brother, I was like, God loves you as much as you love him. If not more. I was like, God knows what a committed Christian you are. God knows that the first and foremost thing that you do anywhere that you go is praise him. I was like, trust mm -hmm. me, all he's doing is making you stronger, but he isn't going to, he's not, he needs you. That's what I said. I'm like, he needs you. You know, right. so I can, I, I know that when Jeff gets through this, he's going to be stronger. He's going to be battle ready. 
you know, right now I just think that God's given him a chance to, you know, go through this so that he can heal up nice and, and be ready for whatever's coming. Because like I said, Jeff's too good of a Christian soldier for it to be anything but like, you know, a strengthening trial. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, I hate these trials. I, I, I You know, I know. Well, some of it's, well, <laughs> choose my words. Um, <clears throat> I, I understand why we are put through trials and I, and I don't know that it's, it's God testing us as much as it's, you know, evil working us over hard. Yeah. And, and no, it yes, is. it's a test, always a test of faith, but I, I hate it when I see, you know, these great brothers and sisters suffering, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to watch and, and. It's it's awesome when when God comes through and and really shines the light. But I just see so many people struggling, and I, and I know even in my own life that it's me not letting go of stuff. It's yeah. me holding on to things that I shouldn't be holding on to, and submitting to God, and and truly just laying it at His feet. And and <laughs> I think a lot of times we don't even know what the hell it is that we're holding on to. But I know you and many others that I know in in the vineyard and stuff. Um, we're all people who have stepped up and had to do everything yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, have been strong in our lives, taking care of other people, doing, doing the things that need to be done because no one else is doing it. And we're very independent that way. And I think in some ways that makes it very difficult to submit to God and say, here it is. You take control. You do it. I trust you. You know, um, even when we say it in our minds and we speak it out loud it's still hard to let go of the reins and just say, God, do your work. I trust you. And I, I, I have total faith in you and do it. Yeah. Um, hundred percent. And it's that's something I've run into is why we got to keep leaning on the Lord, you know, and, and it is tough. You know, punky says, you know, it's like, I, you know, understand that, you know, these are test trials and whatever, but it's still not fun to go through. And I, I agree with a hundred percent. I'll tell you right now, punky, um, we haven't had a chance to talk too much this year, but this year has been um, started off to be as horrible as any year I've ever experienced so far. I mean, just literally one thing after the other. I embrace all the good things, but man, it's been some it's been some weird stuff um, in 2024 so far. And eventually, I'll talk about it. There's a couple of big things. Uh, one of them in particular, I'm not talking about anything until I find out everything for certain, and it's not a, a good thing. And I'll, I'll open up about that here probably in the next week or so. Um, but yeah, it's just been a crazy, a crazy year so far. We're in like February. We're like halfway through February. <laughs> yeah, it's good times. But I think the hardest thing is to watch people we love suffer. I mean, I'll... it's the I see that's and that's one of the reasons that I haven't said what my issues that I've had this year is because so many people are going through their own things. It's like, man, I don't want to add to this. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's right. it's a pick and choose kind of thing. Right. And yeah. And, and, and for those people, like I, I was describing that have, you know, been the ones that to, to get it done. Um, we don't ask for prayer, you mm -hmm. know, it's rare. It's rare that we say, you know, I really need prayer for this. You know, it, it's hard for me to ask for prayer for my family. Yeah. And the people that I care about. See, I'll ask um, for others, um, before myself, you know, but that's the, that's the thing is that like, you know, um, because there, we're, there is so much going on and I feel like, you know, 
when we're putting our problems on, we're just adding to the struggles they're going through. You know, it's just, I don't know, man. And we shouldn't feel this way. Um, you know, God asks us to be humble and part of humbling ourselves is asking others for help in prayer. Amen. You know, and, and it's, it's true. And, well, and that, and that speaks to what I'm talking about is letting go and let, you know, Bill saying, letting go and letting God, um, we, we can, you know, we have to step up and, and give it over to, to him and, and those people who love us, you know, because, and this is something I learned about, you know, like give cause I love to give people stuff and, and do for people. And, and I've always rejected when people try to do stuff for me and that's wrong, you know, cause the good feeling that I feel when I do stuff for someone else. I'm denying these people who want to do for me that same pleasure and that same sense of, of, you know, happiness. And like they, they've, they've helped somebody that they care about. Yeah. And it, and it's hard. It is truly hard for me to say, okay, this is what I need. You know, it is. And, uh, and, and, you know, and that's, and I guess that's the submission to God really is, you know, giving it to him, even if it's just in our prayers, like I don't even pray for myself. No. When I pray by myself, you know, <clears throat> it's always other people or, we, or, you know, the, that we want to be pillars of strength. We want to be tough. You know what I'm saying? Like we are the, we are the ones that take care of our friends and our family and it's, mm-hmm. it's ingrained in us. We, we want to, to be there to help them. And that's one of those things though, is that, you know, a, a truly, a truly courageous and brave man would ask for help. Um, but it's, it's our egos that kind of keep us doing that because we, we want to make things better for others. I'm going to give you a couple of examples, you know, just in my life. So when I was younger and my mom and my dad got divorced, um, I was real young. My little sister was real young. She was seven years younger than me. And, you know, my mother was extremely depressed. Like I can smell depression now. If I walk into any place and someone is depressed, I can smell it. Okay. Um, that's how used I got to it. So I tried to, you know, take the load off of her cause she still loves my dad to this day, you know, so it was really tough on her back then. Um, so I would take my sister, I pretty much, um, helped raise both of my sisters and I was a kid myself, you know what I'm saying? But as the oldest in the family I had to step up, man, I was at the park with my little sister one day, I cut my arm wide open on a rusty metal thing sticking out of a swing. I'm talking like bad. Probably needed a tetanus shot, but I didn't, I knew that my mom and my family were going through enough. So I literally went in there, hit it, addressed the wound myself and just kept it quiet because I didn't want to add to it. That was when I was like 13, 14 years old, you know, and then later on, as I grew up, um, we had a family member that we're real close to that, that we lost. And as the man of the family, I had to step up and hold my strength and let them mourn. You know what I'm saying? So as, as the man, I felt, okay, I'm going to mourn when I get alone time away from everybody, because we have to feel like we've got to be the pillar of the strength, um, for, for the family. And it's, it's a hard thing to break because you mean well. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and in that situation, you know, I don't think you're necessarily wrong. You know, there's someone needs to be the one that, that handles business when everyone else is just so broken up. You know what I mean? It's like, there's there's a need there and people will look to you when you're standing standing tall in the midst of the shit and and appreciate that you know but yeah you're going to need a time 
for yourself to to mourn and to to feel and i guess you know when when all is said and done that's when you go okay now now i can you know take care of myself or ask for help or let people know that you know i'm i'm vulnerable too i don't know yeah but being being vulnerable in those situations is tough because everyone else is in that that spot so it's like well who else is who else is taking care of business you know yeah i'll do it yeah but you know another thing too new truth patriot says you still got to take time for yourself to heal and it's important Mm -hmm. thing you know it's one of those things you know they tell you you know not to basically you know how can you help heal others when you're not healed yourself you you first got to fix yourself before you can go off and help others. And, and it's a, it's a good point. You know, it's one of those things yeah. that we battle with the flesh because it's, it is a form of ego, but it's not like bad ego in this sense, because all we're trying to do is, is make others suffering less by taking it on ourselves, you know, and it can sure. be dangerous because if you're the strength and the pillar, eventually you're being eroded, you know, by, mm-hmm. by spiritual battles, by holding stuff in. You, you remember, you ever watched King of the Hill? Mm-hmm. That old cartoon where um, uh, the father, King of the Hill, would would shove everything down in his gut. He he would never talk about anything. He was like, Bobby, just, just shove it down in your gut. But he ended up getting like super, super sick at some point because of that. And that's the thing is that you keep pushing it down. It's like a balloon. Eventually, it's going to pop. You right. Know, you got to let well, it and I, Yeah, and I don't, I don't know, thinking about my life, I, I let things go pretty pretty well, I think, you know. I definitely choose the times when I need to say something, you know, being pretty tolerant, but I don't know. Life is weird. It's, it's a, you know, maybe we'll figure it out once we're dead and God tells us yeah. <laughs> how stupid we were. I know we, we, we've got enough to focus on right now to go focusing on the stuff that we want to focus on. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, um, it's crazy. Like one, one thing that I, I saw, I think you may have sent me a video. I know Jeff did as well um, of the guy on the airplane that was leaving the airplane that literally right before he exited, he turned around and like preached Jesus to the entire airplane. Have you right. seen that? Yeah, I think that must've been Jeff. Wasn't me. Okay. It was Jeff. Unbelievable video. Like, like I said, this dude straight up was like, Oh yeah. And he turns around. It's like, I'm not going to waste this opportunity. Everyone's sitting here, captive audience. And he literally was like, you need to find Jesus. He's the only way to heaven. He's your salvation. Like literally this is, this is what we need to be doing. You know, we right. need to be stepping out of our comfort zone. Cause that's the first thing I thought when I saw that was, man, I wish I was brave enough to do that. Mm-hmm. Why am I not? We should be. Right. I talk to people all the time, but I don't know if I'd have the courage to do what he did. But this is this is what we need to be doing. I think Jeff wouldn't do that. He'd do it in a heartbeat if he if he hopped on airplanes. I can see Jeff doing that the whole trip. Right. Well, and, the, and you know, and the guy didn't get booed. You know, there were people like "Love you, man," and and you know, really applauding and stuff. So, and that and that speaks to where I think you know personally, I I think we're kind of really at is there's a lot of people coming to God, and but being that bold professor of christ really allows those other people to kind of come out of their shells and say yeah you know yeah because there's a lot of closet believers too you know i think you know and myself included i I bite my tongue a lot when i want to speak speak jesus and what i believe into a situation and and uh 
don't because I know the people I'm dealing with and I know how they'll react, but that doesn't matter, you know? Oh yeah. Um, one thing too, another thing that Jeff said, we got like 30 minutes left, so let's just keep on with this conversation and we'll, and sure. we'll do this uh, topic tomorrow evening. Um, that's actually what we said. I'm like, I've got a topic. I was like, but I got a feeling that God's just going to lead it. So it turns out that God's just leading us around. So we're just going to kind of move with this conversation about God in our sure. lives right now. Cause I mean, what's, what's, you know, other than scripture, you know, examples of God working in our lives right now is, is a pretty big deal because, you know, a lot of people, when you talk about scripture, they're like, well, that book was written so long ago. Times have changed. You hear all kinds of crazy stuff out of people's mouths. But, you know, current miracles and current ways that God's work in your lives is a whole different story because that didn't happen 2,000 years ago. It happened yesterday, you know. Mm. So we've all got great examples of, of what's going on. Now, one thing, you know, we've been talking about for a long time is is the deception right now. Um, So, I mean, literally, I know you're not looking at chat. But I'm watching conversation that's been going down um, since Punky came in here. And everyone's kind of talking about the same thing about how I think Punky described it. It's, it's almost like somebody opened the cage and let Satan out. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's a pretty darn good analogy, Punky. I think you're dead right. But So the conversation has kept going. Um, other people are, are coming out and talking about the same things. They have been dealing with crazy attacks by Satan. So right now, oh, it's a couple weeks ago. Um, I think maybe you were on the show when I talked about this originally. They are trying to create a bill that outlaws what they call paramilitary per state. Mm -hmm. So paramilitary is just a, a new fancy word for um, militia <laughs> because mm -hmm. our constitution allows the militia so they got to change something else. So they're trying to outlaw this. So I got a video today that Jeff sent me and it says, so this goes beyond what I even thought Congress to outlaw church security teams. So now mm. the churches that have like guards and stuff, they're protecting them are now going to be put into this category of paramilitary or militia, which means that if they carry guns to go protect their congregation during a church event or during church itself, the whole church could go down as a paramilitary organization. If this bill goes through. So, you know, my first thought was like, okay, they're, they're a trying to, you know, to take our guns away again. Another, you know, trying to keep us from having following our constitutional rights of gathering together as a militia and removing the tyrannical idiots that are running this country right now. That's our constitution. We have that right. But it's even but Jeff brought up something. He goes, or is this about um, leaving churchless churches defenseless when mm -hmm. the when the sleeper cells wake up because they're going after Christianity and churches more than anything in this world right now. So it wouldn't yeah. surprise me. When these sleepers started to be activated, that the first hard targets were churches. Mm. Well, it, I agree, and you know, um, I, I heard that same. Another spin on that same conversation was like this: breaks it down to you going out to the range and shooting with your buddies, practicing, you know, working on your mark, marksmanship, even if you're doing it just a couple of you. It could be deemed the same thing, but I, I absolutely agree that, you know, they want to disarm churches. So they're, they're much easier, soft targets, you know? Yeah. Um, but so what, I'm, you know, I go to church, I'm packing, mm -hmm. I, oh, I'm packing everywhere I go. I, there's nowhere I go that I don't pack. And that includes banks and, you know, wherever I, I went to the DMV, I'm packing my fucking gun. Excuse me. Huh? <laughs> 
No, that's okay. Well, it's it's Friday. <laughs> I look, well, it, it is Friday, and you know, normally we'd be chasing squirrels. So, um, but anyway, it, it, forgive me. But I I get you know I get a little bit passionate about this, uh, you know, and they're just coming at it crab from another angle to try to you know keep guns out of the the targets that they want to hit, and it's it's so blatant and obvious anymore. I don't know, I don't know why they even bother. Um, I don't see how anyone but the, the the mindless far left would even see this as a good idea. Oh yeah, totally. Um, you know, it's it's clearly agenda driven, and it's clearly, you know, evil. I, they they want to take away guns, you know, because they want to do damage. It's it's pretty obvious, and they don't want to get hurt in the process of killing people. So yeah, I'm done. I'm back everywhere and I don't, I don't care. And I can go to jail for that. That's all right. No, it's, that's just the way I am too, is I, <clears throat> I generally have something on me at the very least. I've got, um, some metal blade or something on my side or two. Um, but for the most part, like I, I generally try to go around with at least my 1911 and I don't, I, right. and we're in a town where I won't ever need it, but like, we're also in a time right now where I'm expected at any moment. some like, you know, we're not waiting for like Wolverine style Russians and CCP to drop out of the skies and parachute, man. Those guys are sitting right there at a city next to you. Yeah. Waiting they're to, at the McDonald's. Yeah, waiting to be waiting to be completely activated. Some of them apparently can't even wait. They just jump right in. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's it's uh, getting it's getting nuttier and nuttier um, everywhere that we go right now. We're seeing, but the great thing is too, is I'm starting to see a rise in people asking for prayers. I'm also seeing a rise for the first time in, in a long time, probably my whole life where people are openly talking about Christ again. Like at one Amen. point, like maybe four years ago, every now and then you'd see someone that would talk about Jesus on social media or something, but today, and it's, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a, it's a bonus. Um, cause like I said, I mean, regardless if things are as chaotic as they are, I can't think of a better thing to happen right now than people coming to the Lord. So, I mean, it's, it's a good thing, even though it's chaotic. It is. It's, and it's beautiful. And I did, I did want to touch on the prophetic a little bit because, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't see so much like the big prophecy being all that important at this point, like, Oh, doomsday is tomorrow. But I experience a lot of little prophecies, like within our little prayer group, um, where someone will will feel like they've heard a message from God, you know, like you need to move in this direction. Mm -hmm. And then someone else will chime in with like, you know, I or they'll say something before they even mention it, like, hey, you know, that sounds like, you know, you really should be that sounds like a nudge from God that you should be moving in this direction. So I think there's all kinds of of prophetic action going on within our little prayer groups, you know, not just mine, but, but many, um, you know, within this whole community of, of, of believers. And, and I really like our brand of believer. And, and I think it's really more true to how the Bible has instructed us, yeah. you know, um, as opposed to the, the church, I'm using quotation fingers on that. Um, <clears throat> because 
we're not just sitting around waiting for for Christ to come back and we're we're on the move and and we're we're talking to people about Christ and and you know and we're doing for each other and and, and anyway I I do I do hear prophetic um quite a bit and it's just on a smaller level you know within each other's lives and no, that sort of thing agree you know it, it's one thing too you know um you know uh, Lone Bum says opposed to traditional church. Okay, here's one thing about churches, and I'm not, not downing it by any means. Churches are important places, but churches wait for the people to come to them. Mm. Our style of churching that we're doing right now, the spreading the gospel nation nation, we're not waiting for them to come to us. We're going out to them. You know what I'm mm. saying? And this is yeah. what it needs to be. The churches need to go to the people. Did Christ go to church and wait for people to come to him, or did Christ go to the people that needed him? I'm not comparing us to Christ. I'm saying we should do as Christ did. And that's one right. thing, like the guy on the airplane, he did exactly that. You know, when I talk to someone at a gas station or whatever, we're bringing it to the people. We're not waiting for the people to come to us. And that's the great thing now is that, you know, evangelists, whatever you want to call, you know, what we're doing, um, this is what we need right now because um, it, it's one thing, like I said, it, it's it says a lot about someone who's willing to put themselves out there for God rather than, the comfort of being in a church where the people that come to you are choosing to come to you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They're well, already there because they're seeking. We're going out to the people, hopefully to inspire them to start seeking. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, we're not evangelizing. We're being real Christians. This is, this is what we're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, and, and it's not, it's not, we don't need to proselytize. Um, something I've noticed in my life and, and how God has changed me and he's brought me a lot of peace and happiness and joy, true, true and deep, real joy. And people in my family are noticing it and actually saying something, you yeah. know, that's part of why my marriage is in a point where it's being rekindled is because my wife said, you know, they're, you're just so happy and, and so you know, in such good spirit. Yeah, and awesome. I'm like, yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's God. Amen. And, exactly. And, and yeah. And, but, but being out in the world and, and broadcasting that because, because that's how you feel at your core, you know, and it doesn't matter what the hell's going on around you. Here's this person that seems at peace and has joy in their heart and is here to help you and to talk with you. And we don't even need to proselytize we're we're the example we're we're showing them god's joy and then when the conversation comes up it's just it's not me it's christ in me you know it's it's much bigger than just a puny little shit like me it's this is god and this is how he works in a person's life when you really truly accept him and love him a, and enjoy him. in miraculous ways you know yeah something that you had mentioned earlier um you know kind of stood out to me so you, you talked about, you know, people prophesying and how you'll have God has spoken to you. And then you'll talk to someone that's in our group on the vineyard or something that says the same thing. Um, you know, I used to call it before I knew, before I was a Christian, before I followed Christ, I used to call it synchronicity. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like where you would be thinking about somebody they haven't thought about in a while. And then all of a sudden your telephone rings and you pick it up. You're like, oh my gosh, I was just thinking about you. Just right. that as an example, but there's many things like it. Now I'm starting to realize, you know, it's the connection. So 
you know, it's a different than the connection with that I have with Jay Wu. You know what I'm saying? So my connection with Jay Wu, I have to go out and talk about. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, let me tell you the story that Jay Wu and I talked about or whatever. But with Jesus, the connection is within us, through us, around us, and in us, all of us. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So so the synchronicity isn't some random event or a coincidence. It's literally Christ. You know what I'm saying? Like speaking to us and through us all at the same time. It's more than just the connection of knowing something in the physical. It's like an eternal connection that never stops. Amen. It's yeah. It's God's internet. <laughs> yeah, it's like God's internet exactly, and the Wi-Fi is always up, and it doesn't give yep. you cancer. <laughs> no, in the opposite. Even. <laughs> exactly, it's healing if anything else. Um, but you know, the the closer you get to. You know, and I always use the cell phone service as the example, you know, back when, when Christ died on that cross and, and they said that the, the veils between the temple was torn. And, you know, to me, part of that represents it's like, you don't need a preacher to pray for you any longer. You can do it yourself. Like here is God's personal phone number. You no longer need to go to the operator. You go straight to the Lord almighty. And that was one of the great things that, you know, when, when Christ died on that cross, is it gave us direct access. We we know we no longer need um, to go to anyone to be a mediator on our behalf to God. We get to do it ourselves and say exactly what we need to say and have that conversation without having somebody intervene. Amen. And I I just find <clears throat> more and more in my prayer life is just being so thankful. Yeah so thankful for 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 jesus and and for i mean look look around us i mean as as crappy as things you know are um and as much damage as they're trying to do to everything there's still so much beauty you just walk outside and there's there's beauty everywhere and and it's it's in the people it's in the mm -hmm. grass it's in the trees it's the bees it's the birds totally. it's the animal life it's everywhere you go. And you and you God, notice you notice the further you get out of cities, the more um present God is. And I'm not saying Amen. that God's not present in those cities, but the thing is though, is that when you're getting away from the constant, you know, Wi-Fi vibes and, and all the technology everywhere and all the grumpy, hateful people all over the place, you get out into nature, man. And what's grumpy about a tree? or a bird, you know what I'm saying? Like you can feel God everywhere around you. That's one thing I love about this place because, you know, 2,800 people in our community. And I think Matt and Hev will tell you the same thing. And, and a lot of you got to see him when you were here. They're all kind people. Like even your grumpiest person here is still nicer than like your average person, you know, back over in Austin. Like it's, but that's part of it is the nature's around you. And, and also being good is contagious. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's not hard to put someone in a bad mood, but it's also not hard to put somebody in a good mood. It's simple as kind right. words, a smile, a hug, you know, but these people always embrace that around here. So even if they're having a bad day, their first thought is, I'm not going to bring my bad day onto you. So they'll fake it until they make right. it. You know what I'm saying? They will put the big old smile on their face, but they won't pull you into their their bad day at work. You know what I'm saying? And, and this is how it all should be. And I'm very conscious about this is, even, you know, because we all have bad days. I don't care 
how close to God you are, how of a sweet, loving person you are. We all have we all have that day where it's like, why is this day going like this? Um, mm-hmm. But I'm also very careful not to push that on anybody else. And I, I will fake it. You know, I'll put a big smile on my face, just not just because I don't want you to feel like I've felt all day long. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's not today. I, it, I mean, I'm in a great mood today. I, I generally am, but you know what I'm saying. We all have that that day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it's funny. Uh, I, I, I traveled um, for about six months um, back in uh, 07, 08. I, I, I had sold everything I owned to do it. And, um, I did a, I did an experiment, um, pre, you know, as I started, you know, once I sold everything and I was, I was starting to move and I, I visited some family for for a time and some friends and, um, something I noticed here back, back then. And prior to that, um, was just how friendly the community was where I lived. Um, it was my grandparents' house at that time. Um, just you couldn't you couldn't walk a mile without having five conversations with other people that were either in their yards or walking. And uh, and then I I went to my old hometown, Chico, California, and I did the same thing. Just you know, being friendly, smiling, saying hello. Um, and there was there was still people that would say hello to me but not everyone was as friendly. And then I went and visited a friend in San Francisco and you say hello to someone walking down the street in San Francisco. They will walk across the street to get away from you because they don't know what the hell's going on. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to say the similar thing about Chicago. I mean, um, for those of you that live in Chicago, Illinois, I apologize. This is just my personal experience, but man, it was very similar. And everybody walks around wearing black and gray and I'm like, you guys are like literally everything you're doing, you're going out of your way to, to like be miserable. Even with the mm. clothes, you know, very drab. Um, you, That was one of my first experiences here, man, is being picked on so bad up in Illinois with my accent um, that I would sit in my room and practice my, my American Yankee accent just so I wouldn't get picked on anymore. I mean, that was like a kid. Mm. But it's weird. Yeah. The, and I don't know. I mean, I like being around people. I don't like being around a lot of people. Um, but it, it's weird when you get into the city and I don't know if it's because of all the concrete and the asphalt and the, and the constant noise and, and all that, that makes people so kind of antisocial or, or what, or if like being social in that environment means you would never get anything done because you'd be talking to everybody all the time because there's so many people, Yeah, you know, it's, it's an interesting concept, but people are just miserable in the city. I, you know, and I, I never liked going to any of the cities. I mean, San Francisco was, um, a beautiful city and, and I enjoyed going there, but I hated the traffic. I didn't No, you know, totally. I'm, I'm comfortable being a small fish in a small pond. I don't want to be a small fish in a big pond. Like you right. think about it, like here, you know, you go out four or five times around Flemingsburg. And eventually you at least recognize everybody by their face, even if you don't know their name, but in Chicago, um, because when I was going to school in Michigan, I lived in Holland. So it was like on the West side of Michigan. And it was, I think if I'm not mistaken, it was like three and a half hour train ride, um, to get over into Chicago, Lakeshore drive, you know, into that area. So on, on the weekends we would pop into Chicago just to just get away from what we were doing. 
and it was very much like that. You know, like I, I rarely saw the same people more than once. I mean, cause even, even if you never leave your, your same street, you know, on Wabash or whatever in Chicago, you still don't see the same people unless they're like your neighbors or something, right. you know, but like here, it doesn't matter where you go. You, you end up running to people that you've at least run into before. And you have that conversation and you know, the Southerners are on a completely different time scale. You know, mm. um, I always compare it this way, you know, for those of you who haven't gone overseas, like the North in our country is very similar to England over in Europe. And then the Southerners of our country are very similar to Scotland over in Europe only, you know, so it's just geogra geographically reversed, but the people over in England, they go to get things done quicker. They're, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's work best, you know, get things done. And then you get into Scotland mm. and everyone's real relaxed. We'll get to it when we get to, you know, I call it Florida time or Southern time. You know, we still get things done. We just realize that there's, you know, life's more important. There's other things to do than just constantly work, 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 work. Um, I, I spent 14 hours in the UK <clears throat> on a layover waiting to fly out to the United States. And, uh, that's a miserable ass country. <laughs> yeah, I hated it. I the the airport was was I think it was O'Hare um, was closed down, so there was nothing to do there. So I decided I'll get a hotel. I go out, and there's a taxi sitting there. I'm like, yeah, I, I need to just hit a hotel. You know, I got a layover for 14 hours. I'd like to get some rest. He's all, well, which hotel? And I'm like, I don't know. I just flew in. Can you just drop me somewhere? No, I need to know where your hotel is. It's like, well, I don't have a clue. Finally, I found a, it, it was a, like an Indian dude driving a bus. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll get you to a hotel. You know, he was the nicest person there, but he wasn't English. Yeah. Oh, they were just rude as hell. It's like, wow. Yeah. It's, I just want to lay down for a minute. No, exactly. I remember it was like when I went into France for the first time, man, 103 degree temperature. All I mm. wanted to do was just get in a hotel. That's all I wanted to do. Then my luggage didn't show up. So I had to sit there and wait for my luggage because I didn't know where I was going to go. Um, he was like, where do you want to go? I'm like, I don't care. Just get me to a hotel. I ended up spending like equivalent of 200 American dollars on a, on a room in France. that was like, and I'm not joking, the size of like a small bedroom. And that's including the bathroom. And it was so small that the TV hung off the wall over your bed. It was so tiny. But I was so <laughs> sick that I was like, man. This is the best 200 bucks I ever spent because I don't have to see anybody. And the last thing I wanted to do was go ahead and start camping. Mm. Mm -hmm. Especially, you know, just being like that because there's nothing worse than getting sick in an airplane, 18 hour mm. trips or whatever. I can't remember how long it was, but it was terrible. Yeah. Um, so we got uh, about six minutes left, about three minutes left before I go into prayer time. Uh, do you have anything that you want to talk about before we uh, take off tonight? Like I said, tomorrow night, Saturday night or Saturday and Sunday, we're going to get into the uh, topic that we we're going to get into tonight, which is uh, who are the Old Testament prophets? And and if you're not doing anything, you're welcome to join us tomorrow. I know Jeff will be popping in here. Well, I got to do some work on the podcast, see if I can't get Zoom working. Um, I had not talked to you about that. Um but uh, I'll probably be over it at uh, Jim. So maybe I'll, yeah, shoot okay. me a message when you're yeah, going. Are great. you doing it? What time are you going on? Um, eight o'clock. We'll be doing eight o'clock uh, Eastern time tomorrow night and then eight o'clock Eastern time on Sunday. So we'll be doing just an hour show. 
Ooh, and you know, Jim should be around. Too. Oh, that'd be great. I know those guys would love to hear Jim again, so he's welcome to pop yeah. in as well. That'd be awesome. Jim's awesome. And I mean, come on. I don't know. Who wants to hear Jeff know. and Jim together in one place? I know I do. Yeah, I know I do too. Um, I don't know if you caught it, but uh, Jim gave his testimony mm-hmm. last Friday. Yep. I don't get to that listen cool. to him. Uh, I'm always getting stuff done, working with my mother and cooking and stuff during that time. So I always catch him after I do Kilted on Friday night. So nice. Yeah, I, I actually got to. Uh, yeah, they're they're always well. I'm well. I'm and my last hour of work is when. Um, that comes on, but I was traveling to my dad. So I actually jumped on with Jim. Yeah, that's awesome. And, 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 you know, like we were talking about Ron and, and uh, Mary are just phenomenal at what they do. Yeah. So make everything real relaxed. And, you know, I, I've been talking because I, I, I love Ron, man. I, I absolutely love Ron. And uh, Ron is awesome. he's going to be um, coming on here. We're going to try, I'm going to try to do it like every couple of weeks or something and just get him on one, one night, every couple of weeks, like twice a month or something. Cause, uh, it's one of those things that, you know, just like with you and me, me and Conley, me and Jeff, um, me and Douglas and, you know, other people, some uh, people that you get on, the conversation is just so natural that you look up and you're like, whoa, we're already done, right. you know? <laughs> we should we should do like a, some back-to-back podcasts where like you do your show and we have everybody on there and then we'll just switch over to mine or over to um, – to, Douglas's it just move it around just keep the same group just keep it going all night oh, that sounds and, awesome and we'll call it the official five. the official god casts plural <laughs> right yeah just all over the place like just have this big panel of people talking and we could switch the subjects for each different podcast we could do like a whole day of of uh conversation i i don't know i love the conversation with this family i really don't get tired of it um no. the the vineyard prayer group Typically on a Saturday, a lot of times we'll end up talking three or four hours. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we just get into a topic, and, and we had a great discussion yesterday um, morning that went on for a couple hours. It's just, it's just so awesome when you get around a bunch of people who who love God and follow Christ, and Amen. we really can edify each other and give you know, surrounding yourself with wise counsel. There's something to be said for that, man. Because I, I just I'm so edified by the conversations I have with these beautiful people. Um, so if I got one thing to say before we close out, close out, it's, I love this family. They are, this is a family of amazing people who would take a bullet for you and, and just look out for each other. There's no judgment. You know, we're not afraid to be honest and, 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 and we're not afraid to tell each other when we're wrong you know no, and that's the thing and is always- we're humble enough to be able to take that because i mean let's face it we're not always right and that's the great thing about a community like this is we're not here to judge we're here to watch out for one another mm-hmm. and it's always done with a huge heart of love and care for one another and and that's the beauty and and, and you know i'm i'm pretty dead set against vision and anything you know um all are all are welcome and if we have a troublemaker you know we'll deal with it as we have to and um i haven't had to throw anybody out of of our group um and and it would take an awful lot to do it you know it would be a lot of talking before that would ever happen oh man that's the same um, here um i think you know we got some people got removed i guess last week or something like that we had our first uh she'll pop in here and try to just kind of cause a little 
problems amongst the people, but right. I haven't seen that too often. Well, and, I, didn't, and good. I didn't kick him, so he, he may not have been getting the rise he wanted and bailed on his own. Or Texas but. Mama gave him the boot. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I love my Texas Mama. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, and, and for my part, I, I, I should have jumped on it sooner, but um, I didn't catch, I didn't, you know, I caught his name and that, and that, and that was enough. But yeah, I think I, I think I must have chimed in after he had been already kicked. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, like I said, this is a Christian show. As long as right. you're not being absolutely disruptive, you know what I'm saying? I don't even care if you're asking like questions just to be a jerk. You know what I'm saying? I'll answer those questions, <laughs> you know, right. like, cause I mean, I've had someone a while back, you know, this is a lot while back. They were like, you need to get rid of this person and this person. This one has a sex problem and this one's got a drug problem. And I'm like, good. Then they're exactly where they need to be. Not good Amen. that they've got a problem, but they're exactly where they need to be. Like, I'm not going to go kicking somebody out of a place that could help them. Amen. And that's, the, and that's the thing. And when we come into the adversity, that's an opportunity. And, and yeah, they may not go for it, you know, but if we show them kindness and, and respect, even though they're being disrespectful, you know, maybe we can make, we can help them turn a corner and, and exactly and, and see the light. Look, so yeah, I'm not in a big hurry to throw someone out just because they're being disruptive. If God had given up on me, I wouldn't be here right now. You know what I'm saying? Amen, brother. And and who are we to give up on people? If God won't give up on us, who are we to give up on someone? You know, so that's the way that I look at it. And and especially when it comes to like, you know, sex addiction, drug addiction, any of that kind of stuff, man. Like, look, we all know that those are problems that everyone has to deal with something in some form within their lifetime. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and especially when it comes to like drug addiction, like who am I to kick somebody out because they've got a a, a drug habit? You know, especially right. someone that used to have that same habit. I'm the best place they can be right now because they can hear my story. Um, like I said, God didn't give up on us. We can't give up on other people. And and I've yeah. seen when it comes to God, I've watched miracle after miracle after miracle happen. Things that I'm like, I never saw that happening, but it does because it won't happen. We aren't capable of this stuff, but God is capable of everything. Amen. And, 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 and we can help out a lot if we just try to, you know, chase that heart of Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> exactly. And, uh, you know, we can be good instruments. That's what we need to do. Step up and serve the most, the most we can. And like I said, our, our job, the biggest part of our job is right ahead of us. Amen. Yeah. It's, we're looking at some interesting times, my brother. Exactly. But we're going to get through this just fine. You know what I'm saying? Just just look at it this way. Before I go into prayer, just look at it this way. If we're happy and loving right here on, on this crazy, chaotic earth, imagine how wonderful things are going to be when we're up in heaven together. And there is no chaos. And there is no stress. And there is no fleshly temptation or anxiety. It's going to be the greatest little tea party ever. Yeah. Imagine the conversation. Can you imagine just kicking it with Jesus? <laughs> oh, I can imagine it, but I'd imagine I'd imagine <laughs> Jesus getting a little tired of me and putting me in the corner every now and then because I'm asking too many questions. <laughs> right. No, I I don't imagine we have to ask much. You know, he'll 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 know what we'll, we're gonna ask. Yeah, we'll probably know. I, I'm 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 hoping that I don't get up there and he's like, Joseph, I love you. But man, you get on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
you don't get on my nerves. That may make me really, really, really sad. Like I said earlier, <laughs> it takes a lot to upset me, get under my skin. But like hearing Jesus go, you get on my nerves may be that moment. Like, oh, man, I don't. I don't think you'd ever hear those words. I don't think so either. He would be more likely. I love you just the way you are. You make me laugh. Maybe just, uh, maybe just dial it back about 10. Yes. Can you just dial it back for, I don't know, eternity. (laughs) But anyways, let's get in the prayer. Enough to jokes, man. We just got to keep laughing. It's a Friday. So everybody, please bow. Heavenly father. Thank you again for everything that you blessed us with. Dear Lord, so many of us are going through a lot um, together, collectively. We're going through all this stuff in our own personal lives. And Father, the devil's attacking us more than ever. Punky said earlier, it's almost like someone opened up the cage and let Satan out. Well, Father, you give us everything that we need to battle this. So I just ask that you give us the strength, mend our armor, dear Lord, as we repent. And just give us all the discernment and answers that we need to navigate these times. Dear Lord, let us never take our eyes or our faith off of you. Let us understand that no matter what happens here on this earth, dear Lord, that you have our back and we can grow from any trials and tribulations that we're going through, that you will never put anything on us that we can't handle. That being said, Father, I just ask that you just please lay your hand upon Jeff. Help Jeff get back on his feet, remove whatever illness he's going through, dear Lord, and let him get back into this battle. Even of being ill, the illness isn't the thing that bothers him the most. What bothers him the most is that he feels like he's not an active part in the battle like he was, dear Lord. And that's what a true Christian would think, dear Lord. So just bless him, help him through these times, and just get him back on his feet so we can get right back here with this. Father, I also ask that you please bless Punky. Punky's going through a lot this year along with many of us, dear Lord. And just such a sweet and beautiful soul, dear Lord. She, she deserves so much beauty in this life and not the chaos, dear Lord. But I also understand that you're putting things in her lives that are going to strengthen her. And although, dear Lord, it's not easy, we do understand this. So I just ask, dear Lord, that you just move this along. Let her figure out what you're trying to teach her. Lift her back up and get her back in this battle too, dear Lord, because we need her and everyone else more than we ever have. We, we need each other's strength. We need to unify, dear Lord, through you. But, dear Lord, I thank you for connecting all of us, bringing us all together. As this world tries to divide us, dear Lord, you are doing everything that you can to unify us. And I thank you for that, dear Lord. Thank you for the love and the prayers that people reaching out to constantly. All the people that are here in a heartbeat to help us, no matter what trials and tribulations we're going through in our personal life, they rise to the occasion as we do when they need us, dear Lord. And I love that. That is what being a true follower of Christ means. It means watching out for others as well as yourself. It means building that foundation of faith and helping others find the same thing. Carrying along, dear Lord, not with judgment upon the people, but pointing out the things that they can be doing better, not because we're judging them, because we want them to get to the place that we're going, dear Lord, as we are also working in our lives to better ourselves. Dear Lord, none of us are perfect. We are all fallible. We are all sinners. But dear Lord, you give us an opportunity to get into heaven through our repenting and just knowing you make us want to be better people. And every day we become better than we were the day before. And I thank you for the opportunities. Thank you for giving us this other day, dear Lord. You promised us today, but you didn't promise us tomorrow. And yesterday, this was tomorrow. And I'm speaking today, which means you gave me today. And if you give me another day tomorrow, please let us utilize it the best that we can. Let us make every second count, dear Lord. Let us utilize every moment that we have to serve you in the greatest ways that we can, whether it be bettering ourselves, whether it be working ourselves to be less sinners, or whether it be helping other people find the salvation and that eternal life that you gave us, dear Lord. 
We can't bestow that on anybody, but we can certainly lead them to who can, and that is you, Father. So thank you for loving all of us enough to getting us to where we are right here today. Dear Lord, thank you for giving us the patience with others that I have more and more every day, and I know all of us do, to the point where even praying for our enemies, dear Lord, so that they can come around and build our army even bigger, dear Lord, fighting the evil and the tyranny in this world. But dear Lord, I thank you for giving us the wisdom and the discernment that you've given us, and I just ask that you continue to give it to us and Higher and higher doses, we're going to need it, dear Lord, to figure our way through this deception, which is getting worse and worse every single day. Dear Lord, let us be calm during these times and let us act upon your will, not our own, dear Lord, because my will is going to get me into trouble. My will is going to have me throwing rocks and drawing swords, dear Lord, but you keep a calmness in my life that I couldn't have without you. And I thank you for that, dear Lord. But dear Lord, if it comes time to pull that, that sword or throw that rock, don't let us hesitate, dear Lord. Let us do it with righteous anger, not anger, anger. Let us do it to defend, not to cause carnage or trouble, dear Lord. But let us all be ready in the name of the Lord to do anything that we possibly can to serve you. Continue to speak to us. Continue to give us all the artillery that we're going to need, dear Lord, to complete these missions. But thank you, finally, for putting us on these missions all together, dear Lord. You could have chosen us to be here at any time in the history of this world, but you chose us to be here at this moment with one another to fight this great battle. And it's such an honor, dear Lord. Every one of us are willing to give our lives on that battlefield the way that you gave your lives for our salvation. And I thank you for that, Father. I thank you for all the blessings, all the love, and everything that you give us every single day, the things that we notice, the things that we've gotten used to and don't notice anymore and take for granted. Dear Lord, we appreciate them all. And let us give back the way that you have given to help this world, to preserve the innocence, to, pervert, to preserve our spiritual and religious values, dear Lord, and our love with you. In Jesus Christ's name and our Heavenly Father's name, I pray. Amen. Amen. If if I may real quick. Oh, yes. Punky, you, if she's still on there, um, you got a family here that's happy to pray for you and has been. Oh, yeah. And and uh i invite you to our vineyard family in fact i'll just reach out to you i know where i can find you but anyway we love you and and this goes for all anyone here in chat or that hears this later on there's a group of people that pray every day and we welcome you if you need prayer if you want to pray if you want a community to pray with um we're here and uh I, I wish it was easier to just say you know just get in touch with me but it's jay Wu, jonathan woolley you can find me in signal or on uh telegram or just through duncan or anyone that okay. knows me you are welcome and we, we would love to have you in this family the family you know, you're not can't be big enough it can't be big enough uh, you're not alone. Exactly. And uh, this is God's nation. And uh, we fully intend to represent to the fullest. So. Exactly. Reach out, like I said, any of these chats during the shows, um, emails, vineyard, and so forth. Like I said, we're we're on prayer call 24 hours a day. So um, sp speaking of that, um, I've got one more quick prayer to do before we leave. I've forgotten about this. I prayed for it earlier. I'm going to pray for this one live right now. So everybody, please bow their heads one more time. Heavenly Father, um, we got so many people that are going through a lot of health problems, including my uh, neighbor's daughter. Um, I just ask, dear Lord, that there's a chance that she may end up having some kind of cancer. And Father, I just ask that you intervene in that life. 
um, let them listen to the show we're going to do Monday. Maybe that's a godsend, Lord. I know that you work in way, mysterious ways and you had us do this show. You could have had us do this months and months ago, but it happened last Monday and this coming Monday, dear Lord. Talking about cancer remedies and all those beautiful things that you've given us this earth to heal us. So, Father, I ask 